0: gentlemen welcome back to the trap draw podcast my name is randy tc is out today he is on an international holiday we've we've sent him across the pond with his lovely wife i have two fine replacements though joining me are left to right on my screen the sarge cody mcbride cody good day sir welcome back to the trap draw how are you
1: Thank you, Mr. Big. I'm always so tickled when I get invited on this uh, esteemed show with you and your colleague, Mr. TC. I'm, I'm a little uh, perplexed on where he's at. I didn't, I didn't realize that vacations come in our contract, but I'm going to write that down for f- future use here.
0: Yeah, I think we, can, we could probably work you into some vacation days, like 2025, 2026. Um, we could <laughs> start All thinking right. about that. Uh, speaking of our HR department, our other guest is the merch czar. Mr. Neil Schuster, welcome to the Trap Draw. How are you? Good morning,
2: gentlemen. Cody, we have an unlimited vacation policy. We keep it very vague so that you don't know when you can take (laughs) said vacation. That's an old uh, disruptive startup trick that I'm very used to. So, you know, stole that one from a previous career.
0: I love that. Yeah, just flood the zone with vacation days. And then people are like, well, (laughs) when am I actually supposed to use them? I don't know. Uh, I like that policy, Neil. Well, as I said, welcome guys. So happy to have you on the Trap Draw. I think this is going to be a recurring thing throughout the year. I, I I think bringing you two on, having you guys um you know, talk life and 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 get into various topics is is a big ad for the Trap Draw. I think probably about once a month, people can people can look forward to that. I I you know, it's it's like your healthcare. If you like your healthcare, keep your healthcare. I I don't think you guys are necessarily gonna replace many trap draw episodes. These are just gonna be additional ones, is, is our hope. Strictly additive, Mister Big. Strictly
2: additive. We're not we're not encroaching on your chop sessions. We're just we're adding more chop sessions. So, you know, you can you can scroll right past this one if you see it. But uh, I just kind of want to get in the booth with Cody. We've been doing some downrange. Uh, Q and A's. We're gonna bring that over here to the trap draw. We feel like it's a, it's a good fit because the trap draw is literally a sandbox for anything but golf. So it, during our NLU offsite last week, we said, "Well, hey, why don't we make it just a uh, an incubator?" I believe is the is the word that was used. Take take things that are going really well and and uh, try to blow them up over here on the trap draw.
1: Yeah, this is like a dream dream come true. I like, uh, I think we uh, Neil or and I. We had this idea cooking in the back of our head, but we didn't want to pull the carpet out from under you and Mister TC. But I'm, uh, you guys have welcomed us with open arms. I'm so impressed with this. Nothing but you know, hospitality, best wishes, you name it. So, like Neil said, we did this over on the Downrange podcast, and everybody loved it. So it, we didn't want to like copy what you guys are doing. I think this is very additive to the listeners over here on Trap Draw and. If it like he said, you like your trap draw. Nothing's going to change. We're just going to bring you maybe some different stories, maybe some different insight, and maybe a little bit of different uh, ways of looking at things, you know, perspective, as we might say. Mm,
0: everybody always needs some some good perspective. Um I will say, guys, we're we're going to let you go commercial free today for your first episode. And I believe you guys have asked me even to, to step aside. I think you guys are going to kick me out here in, in just a second and take over. I do want to say for folks listening, we have the Trap Draw listener line active. So if anything, Cody and Neil say, if if you want to react to anything, the number is one 330 8725 That goes for these guys. That goes for the CHOP session. Uh, we we want to get the listeners more involved. So drop us a line if, uh, if, if anything resonates with you.
2: Mr. Big, that's, you know, I just want to say it's, it's great. Mr. Big, he doesn't have any territorial bones in his body. He's like, yeah, you mean you, you guys want to like take the, the work off of me? Hell yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to have to hold Mr. Big to continuing the, the uh, robust ch- uh, chop session schedule that he's outlined uh, per our offsite last week, so yep. you're not getting out of this easy, Mister Big. This is all additive.
0: Yeah, now hold me to that, and I will say for the folks, TC is going to be back next week. We're going to do one of our normal chop sessions. We're gonna we're gonna get some voicemails in that episode. We'll a lot to react to with football and, of course, all around the globe. So that will come next week. But guys, I I think you guys are ready to roll. I'm I'm going to excuse myself. You guys take this wherever you want to take it, Cody. If if you want to press Neil on on the wrongdoings that his alma mater seems to just perpetually be committing, that's um, enough. That, that's enough. We, this we, is we would certainly is, love that. So
1: I agree, Mister Big. Accountability is key here. I will not let him slip away on that. But but please, uh, make sure you leave us the keys so we can close up shop on your way out. And I think that's kind of all we need from you. So smell you.
0: All right, see ya. <laughs> all
1: right, thank you, Mister Big. What, whatever? How did we find ourselves here
2: to begin with? What are we doing? Classic Big, just he's in and he's out. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys want to do a pod? Like for sure. I'll see you later. Uh, I think he's got a he's got a date with the mountains this week.
1: Yeah, I know. Sounds like it's Sounds dumping amazing. out
2: there in Colorado,
1: which is good <laughs> right? news. He was so jazzed about all getting all that snow. I was so pumped for him. As somebody who's down here in Texas, it's like, you know, I don't know if I need any more like 40 degree days. And I know other places in the world are extremely cold right now, but we're at that point where it's like it can be a, a little bit warm. I want to go hit this, these new clubs that I have.
2: Yeah, it's about 35 and rainy here in Brooklyn, so not great. But let's we gotta put first things first, Cody. I feel like, you know, PC Randy, they have their chop sessions. Love the chop sessions. I feel like we got to we got to brand what we're going to do. Kind of what we were it was on downrange. Downrange was was your pod, but we want to bring it over here, you know, pour some kerosene on it. So I feel like we got to name our, you know, monthly or bi-monthly check-ins.
0: What do yeah, you think? I agree.
2: I um,
1: I mean, I love the fact that what we're doing over on Downrange. Uh if people haven't checked those podcasts out, please go listen. I think it, it dug a lot more into who you and I kind of are, are like who we are individually, but also at the same time we'd get questions from people who are like, yo, what's your order at Taco Bell? And it just kind of didn't fit. And we wanted to continue to do this thing, but we figured that this would naturally be a better home for it. Now naming it, I like getting in your Kool-Aid, man. I like pulling out all those juicy little details that you like to hide from everyone else. And I, I want to throw you in the booth, man.
2: And I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's well, in the booth. What do you think? And is it the booth or in the booth? Like, are we, are you putting me in the booth or are we like the buddy cops, right? Well, that's a good question.
1: I, I think I definitely see you as a, a starsky to my hutch. I, I would like, this is a true partnership. I think this is the booth. The booth. I like it. We're going to throw other people in it, some from time an, to time. An ode to your just...
2: your previous career? Yeah. Also, an ode to, I think the best book I read last year was uh, that Chris Voss book. What's it called? Never Split God. the Difference?
1: Yes. If people who don't know who Chris Voss is, he is a, a kind of a world-renowned FBI negotiator that continues to, ha- has a phenomenal book, but if people have ever met him in real life, it's like... a a ton of just a ton of kind of like smoke around him uh it build himself up to be kind of this larger than life character when really like when you break it all down you're just kind of like oh you just you figured out how to like politicize it and and come up with like a really good pr campaign to make buku bucks for stuff that you really didn't do that much on have you met him (laughs) yes i've met him before you used did you work with him We've been around each other, kind of the same circles. And and that's actually a good good question. I think people are confused a lot of times. When Neil brought up like the booth, so my background, I don't want to like the last time there was some people who got afraid of of all this stuff and say, Oh, how dare you you say what Cody used to do and all this stuff. But for a long time I was an I was an interrogator. I'm a trained interrogator. I've You know, tens of thousands of hours in interrogation booths all over the world, primarily talking to really, really bad guys who want to do harm to me and my friends or countries or, you know, trying to do craziness uh, all over the globe. And very, very fortunate to do that for a long time and travel and see and meet some really interesting people. And I'll say this I have an uncanny ability to push all preconceived notions to the side when talking to someone and just get down to like the actual human being to human being breaking things up finding things in common and and gathering information that way and that's kind of how i go about my life there can be really really bad people and i just kind of give people maybe sometimes too much of the benefit of the doubt but i figured you know that's that's the best way to go about it I can't be the angry guy all the time. I hate it. I'm not, you know, a lot of people can play that shtick, that role. I can't really do that. Um, Unless he used to be like a private
2: underneath me. Then, like, I fucked you up. (laughs) And now you're working with us chuckleheads. I would say that's pretty good training for podcasting. I mean, I'm guessing those interrogation sessions are recorded in some way. But, like, it's like a members-only podcast. Just not a, not a not as big of an audience as as the uh, the robust trap draw audience we we have listening here.
1: Yes, but very important audience uh nonetheless. There there's there's been times where like it's not hmm how we, I I never like uh when we talk about this stuff, I will discuss things, but I never want to give out, you know, current you know, tactics, techniques, or procedures, as we would say, TTPs of what currently is still going on. So I try to, I always try to protect that stuff, but there's, I, I've done interrogations where there've been live looking, like live feeds to the Pentagon, to, you know, the Situation Room at the White House, to to information immediately being passed um, to trigger some of like the the biggest military operations that like you can think of and having and being in that situation is kind of nuts to think about because it always like, you know how it is. Like information usually only goes one way. So like all my stuff's getting pumped out. And then you're like, Oh, so like, what did people like think about that? And they're like, yeah, like, you know, go write your report and then, you know, get an hour of sleep and then go back, go back and do it again. Um, A true
2: need to know basis. For
1: sure uh, and there's like you know there's certain rules that you have to follow, of course, that are not only law but other policies that are set forth. It's a it's a, an amazing profession. I'll tell you that. And it's not just specific to the military. there's military just calls it one thing uh, in interrogation and by law, you know like police officers or FBI because they're law enforcement, they would call them interviews. Um, They do have an interrogation portion of it, but because everything has to be factual and they're governed by law, they're not able to, to go to the extent of ruses and lies and everything that I can do to kind of elicit all this information. And then you get to other like intelligence agencies. CIA used to be like the number one people of interrogation. Obviously, they got in big, big trouble. They're no longer allowed to do them. They, what they do is they call them debriefs now. You're not allowed to to lie or or really? give anybody some sort of you know false information in order to elicit a feedback from them. It has to be very much a who, what, when, where, why direct questioning. No no extra bells and whistles. So what really well, has happened is that they've just kind of turned to the DoD to do it
2: all for them. Well, back to the original, what brought up the topic. So like. That guy, Chris Voss, he's a negotiator. What would you say the difference is? Well,
1: negotiating is for a specific outcome. It's not really an intelligence gathering um, or not just intelligence, but a legal fact-finding uh, line of questioning. So the art of negotiating is obviously to get convince somebody to stop or to continue anything that they currently have going on. Um, which is a very, very, very law enforcement-heavy route to go. Do
2: you work with those guys? Yeah, of course I yeah. do. Or train with training. them? I'm guessing yeah. you've got to share best practices, right? Yep, a lot of training,
1: a lot of, of, of key sharing. And there's, you know, everybody says that for, like, terrorism stuff in the in the United States, it's led, of course, by the FBI. But everything globally, the FBI has a... a say in things that we do. They're a part of things that we do because there's more than likely, like there's at some point in time, everything that you do in the rest of the world has some sort of legal ramification to it. So you want to either gather this information for potential prosecution, uh, back in the United States. So they would be heavily involved, but really, really cool training opportunities, um, with them all across the world. Phenomenal people. Uh, and I think people would be like, kind of amazed if they actually look into like what the FBI's like kind of special, their special operations wing and everything that they have going on. Like it's it's incredible.
2: All right, well let's uh, let's give the people a little rundown of what we're what we're doing here. I want to catch up, just kind of see what's going on with you. You were up here in New York last week. Kind of wanted to get some feedback. I don't think you've been in the big city in a while, so we'll we'll talk touch on that. I've got some a few life updates on my end, and then I had I figured we could just. You know, go back and forth on some, you know, be just be in the booth with some some questions. I got a few uh kind of burning questions for you that we can cover at the end. So we're gonna keep it tight today and then uh we'll be back, I hope, you know, a couple weeks, two weeks, three weeks, you know, in true trap draw fashion. You kind of we don't we don't know what we don't know just yet. Yeah. Um, but with that but, said, but they'll hear what f- is, they'll, they will hear from us. We're not going away. What did you how did you feel about your visit to the city last week and what's going on in Texas? Well, I think a lot of people kind of are get overwhelmed for if you don't
1: go to New York city often, it is a very like daunting thing. What I've always found fascinating is that like when you go to New York city, like you never really like explore all of New York city or like placed in this one specific, like not just borough, but like you're placed in this one specific, like, neighborhood of a borough and like that is where you roam for that trip i'm a big fan of the uh you know two days three nights side of new york city anything after that i can't do it that's a me thing okay I, i need to see i have a hard time uh the the buildings get super tall you start to feel like you're you're blocked in i understand how you can do it that's just not not for me at all. But I loved it. We had a fascinating trip. The first thing that I did, of course, I'm a big, big breakfast guy. I think that's one of the most important, if not the most important meal of the day. So as soon as I found out where the hotel was, nobody else did the research, found where my my bagel and coffee spot's going to be. And then that next morning, woke up, hit the ground running, everybody else waiting in the lobby at like 7.30 hungry, angry because I have to eat this horrible hotel food. And I roll in with my my bagel and coffee and ready to
2: go. I, I would, it, it would be hard for me to understate how much joy in everything bagel toasted with sausage, egg and cheese, ketchup and hot sauce. How much joy that brings me every. I, I get three or four a week. I'm not kidding. And it is <laughs> kind of the highlight for me of moving back to New York back in September. Uh, I came on the trap draw, kind of, kind of covered this topic on a chop session. I think back in October, um, I, I, Feel your sentiment on it's great. There's like a nice. It, there's so much. You get a big jolt of energy the first week or two, and then there's a bit of a doldrum of it. Just gets a little stressful. So the key is you got to be able to get in and out of the city. That at least for me, that's the key. And right. I really like being on the kind of the periphery. I I over in Carroll Gardens, and it's a better setup for me than Manhattan. You know, the buildings are not quite as tall. There's a little bit more, you know, green and some foliage not this time of year but uh i think it it would be hard to find a i mean it's a pretty des- depressing landscape after new year's in in new york and i think you know somebody in north dakota or in you know dj in milwaukee would probably be like hey hold my beer but i think the difference is new york takes christmas and the holiday season very seriously with lights and there's a lot of energy and there's you know there's some Christmas trees on every corner. There's a lot of like little unique things to the holidays in New York. And then all that just suddenly goes away. And so there's like this, like it's a lot of fun and then it falls off a cliff. And I'm not sure if it's the same in every city, if they take the holidays quite as seriously. I mean, maybe that's also part of like Hollywood, Home Alone, a lot of movies, Christmas movies based in New York City. So it's always been tough. In college, it was tough. January, February is just, it gets pretty bleak. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of scouting some opportunities to get out of town during our offsite. We were trying to work on our travel schedule. So I'm trying to find some places was able to get to Hawaii for a week. That's big, big for morale, you know? So just a couple (laughs) of, you know, you get a couple trips in one or two a month and, and, uh, it helps a ton. So, yeah, I don't know how uh, January seems like the worst, I think when people think winter
1: in the city, they think of, like, the snow, you know, snow-covered trees and, like, cars, like, underneath 10, 12-foot snow drifts and everything else like that. When really what ends up happening is, like, it's just very overcast and gray. and, and Exactly. Like that it's
2: cold 20 rain.
1: to, like, 35 degree where you're just, like, you can still move around outside. You're just like, God, this just kind of sucks, man. Like, what are it's we tough. doing here? But what I I I loved about Carroll Gardens real quick is that like it truly felt like a community. It didn't feel yeah. like, you know, people on the street were just like telling you to F off and like, what are these idiots doing here? Like it truly was just like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Like it was very, very,
2: you know, friendly. One thing I've I've come to love about New York, it's like coming, I grew up in Atlanta, came to the city, visited like once before college, then I went to school as the Tron and Randy of inaccurately portrayed my alma mater, Columbia. No, we're still monitoring that, by the way. You cannot- Of course, but we're not, we're not doing any monitoring on this episode. Keep, we're gonna take that offline. One thing I love about New York is, or, or come to love about it, is like, it's easy as an outsider to say like, oh, everybody's an asshole in New York. You know, no <laughs> one's got time, they're very gruff, right? But I, I find that it's, it's, uh, it's more efficient. Like, people are actually very helpful when you need help but like if you don't just like don't bug them right and so everyone's so confined there's a lot of like respect for like i find that when you bu- like when people bump into each other there's usually like a hey my you know my bad like everybody's like quick to acknowledge the people around them if that makes sense like and i like that where it's it's an acknowledgement but it's not like overly polite like it's not fake if that makes sense so no one's wasting their time on pleasantries pleasantries yeah but People are also more respectful. I feel like so if you can get past like the gruffness, it's actually to me a little more sincere, which I which I appreciate.
1: Did um, you was that a hard thing for you coming from Atlanta? Like when you first moved up to the city, like because you're spot on with the pleasantries. There's no like excess talk from anywhere. Where I think like in the South, everything is this like
2: you know it probably goes on for way too long. Like can for we just, sure? Like, and I don't really like small talk, so I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's just like, you know, uh, it, it simplifies things a little bit. Was it hard? Oh my God, my first year at Columbia was brutal. I went from like I'm, you know, I'm the kid, I, you know, <laughs> big fish, little pond, to just like total guppy. You're in this like pressure cooker of a school. You're the on the scout team, on the football team, and the city's built on two things: money and alcohol. And if you're underage, and you don't, and you're a college kid with no job, like it's a tough place to like have experiences. So the one thing I will say about New York though, and I think I may have mentioned this on the downrange is that my college experience got better every year. And I feel like a lot of places like freshman years, like, Oh my God, this is awesome. And then it starts small town. It starts to kind of, you know, people are like, I can't wait to graduate. Whereas I felt like it kind of worked the other direction for me. And then now it's made me very comfortable with this, you know, big ass city and, you know, it, it, like little things. Like I remember And I know this with when I've had friends visits. It's like the subway is intimidating. You don't want to look stupid. Like, I don't know how to use it. Like, how do I, you know, how do I pay for it? What if I get on the wrong train? And then once you start to, like, realize all these systems and and figure them out, it's, like, really fun. Like, last night, I went up to Hell's Kitchen, which is, like, I, I took the F train. You know, you get on the A. Took that up to Columbus Circle. Walked over to, you know, the gym. It's, like, you're always planning, like, you know, middle school or high school gyms or like we played like John Jay criminal justice, uh, school, <laughs> funny story, classic. This is like only what happened to me. Cause I'm an idiot. I packed my bag at like early in the day. Cause I had a busy like afternoon and I had to leave quick and my closet's a mess. And so I grabbed what I thought was my basketball shoes. I get up to the gym. I had two different shoes and both of them were right-footed shoes. Oh, no. I swear. I had brought, like, a running, like, a training, like, a cross trainer <laughs> right-footed shoe and then, like, my basketball right foot. And so I was like, and I was wearing, like, you know, not athletic shoes to the, like, just leisure shoes to the gym. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is awful. So my buddy loaned me his like, kind of semi, like, running shoe. And I, I had to wear two different shoes And then we got smoked. We got like the we got beat by like twenty points. It was just bad, man. Like my whoop scores like an eighteen for an hour of basketball. Like I'm out of shape. It was just like a come on. I just came all the way up here to get my ass kicked in two different shoes. It was a tough night. But to the point, my point was, I had fun taking the subway. You know, it's like oh, it's an adventure. I listen to a podcast. Like I, I will say, I love. uh, I've always liked commuting a lot more in new york than i have in like san francisco or in jacksonville or in atlanta like i don't really like getting in a car and going to get lunch it's nice to be able to just like find an excuse to go take a walk and have like a purpose or like a reason to you know the subway is entertaining man it's really is like got break a couple break dancers last night some guy playing (laughs) the bongos you know i love that shit. shit so i do too i really i really enjoy that shit i mean obviously like you know, keep your head on a swivel, but there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of good that comes out of the uh, subway rides for me. And the fact that you
1: can walk downstairs and you're like, Oh, okay. So I'm going to go like get my breakfast Sando at like this bagel shop, or like you're talking about lunch instead of driving somewhere like, Oh, I'm sick of hitting up my deli, but I know like two blocks away, there's 15 others, which always like my biggest thing about being in New York is like, number one on every block, it seems like there's either a bagel shop or a deli and for sure a bodega, but like, how are these places affording all this stuff? I don't quite understand. Cause real estate has to be out of control. They can't be making that crazy of sales. But then again, you're like, you know, there's not a lot of like grocery stores. So I'm sure everybody's hitting these spots up. It just, the whole system is kind of like, it yeah. it, it makes sense. Think, think.
2: I think the, the bodegas make sense to me because, of what you just said, like it's, it's for me, it's hard to go to the grocery store and carry like, you know, 20 pounds of groceries home. That's like something you don't really want to do. So you end up just kind of getting things one off on your way home. It's the restaurants, man. I don't know. There's so many restaurants, so many more than any other place I've been. And it just seems like such a tough business that it's like, how can they, how can these like landlords convince another person to just like fire it right up? Like a new concept when the one clearly like there's a lot of turnover for him. It just feels like a a tough, that might be a good trap draw deep dive. Just getting, getting a restaurant tour on to just talk through like the economics of it. Like I've got a a friend, uh, he owned the Mel's burger bar up by Columbia where we used to go and and, you know, party in college. And then now he just opened like a steakhouse uh, and son's highly recommended. It's by West fourth. It's on West ninth street and just on the border of the West village. And I mean, you either got to go like high end and it's all about the ambiance or it's just it's it's, talking to him. It's like so hard. You have to get off to a a hot start in the first six months or it seems like you're boned, right? Like if you don't get that early buzz and word of mouth, it's and I think he's, it's, it's going pretty well, but like, it's interesting to get his perspective. Maybe, maybe he could be a good, uh, a good guess. We could, we could effort in the future.
1: Dude, like it's the whole process of not only the incredible turnover, but like buzz, like back in the day when like you would have like a, a review written up somewhere or, or something like that. But now it's like there's just so much white noise of like between Twitter, Instagram, everything else like that, that like you can have amazing pictures of dishes put out somewhere and like it doesn't really matter. Like you don't know if that's that actual restaurant or not. So like yeah. how do you keep it going? When we were up for the offside, I think one of the, coolest things that you always do is is that you and tc put your heads together to kind of plan out like what our dinners and after you know after dinner activities are going to be and we went to two spots in particular one was like a bar arcade like how many people have to come through that door to and buy how many like just beers because all that's all they're really serving and like play these games for a large space i mean it's like yeah. that, the rent there has to be a lot and then the shuffleboard place like it can't be that packed every
2: night well that's that's in an area of town i think that place has been there a while royal palm and it's it's an old warehouse so i think some of these like 10 years ago you might have gotten a good deal because i don't think that part of town was like super you know it, there's a place next to a pig beach too that's like a big like bar like football bar kind of barbecue place and uh People are looking for space to hang out in New York. That's a thing that's very difficult. Like other than your, like when I worked at Google, they like own, you know, everything from between four 15th and 16th street from like eighth Avenue to the Hudson river. It's like three straight blocks of like Chelsea market. They own it. Like, so those like that office space was so nice to just be able to like have a little bit of room in the city. So I remember when Pig Beach opened years ago, it was like, it was a destination. It's like, oh, let's, on Saturday, let's go to the, you know, far out in Brooklyn, to this place, they have this place, it's, it's you know, it's on the Gowanus Canal, which is like a massive super fun site, but it's a, it's a body of water, sick. <laughs> so, I think that's the kind of thing where, if you, can, if you can create a theme or, like the space is almost the asset in that, in that regard. And I feel like most of these restaurants, and the, especially the big ones like those, they make all their money on the alcohol. That's where that's the only margin. I don't think the food makes them any money, right? Like, like I think th- just with the labor and like all the just the cost of food now, it's yeah. so ridiculous. I don't like. I, I that's a great point.
1: I'm sure the the only margin that they're actually working there is probably like just the booze, which I think like New York City is. It's great. It's the best city in the world we talk we've talked about this a lot of like when is the best time to live in New York City and unless you're like born and bred there and like that's how you envision living the rest of your life I think for me, I always say like, oh, probably like my twenties I don't know if I could I don't know if I could raise a family there just because I'm not used to it. I'm sure you would obviously adapt and and get used to all that stuff, but
2: uh, I think I'm that's super pragmatic man I, I think. You know, but I, I am happy. Thirty three. Fi- I'm I'm happy. I get like one more go at it to enjoy it. In uh, I've almost enjoyed it in three stages of my life. Like college, which was a tough time to experience it, but good lessons. Late twenties, somewhat single, great. I, I kind of missed the after college. I went to San Francisco, which I would say is probably a better like late twenties, early thirties. Like, got a partner. You're outdoors a lot. You know. Good place to have a dog, uh, and now, but now I'm like happy. It's like, all right, you know what? I'll I'll be able to look back on this, and it's like I, I can say that I had a, you know, I'm finally living in a place I like, which is nice. I've always, it's always just been like, up. Oh, this is the cheapest place I can find. That's that'll work. We'll take it. Now I have added a little complexity in my life. My wife, Carson, this is, bra- and I this is breaking up a dog.
1: breaking news. By the way, people yeah. have been clamoring for this. This is a big
2: announcement. So we picked up two dogs, two black labs last weekend. Uh, we we kind of signed up with this breeder when we were living in Florida. It took a lot longer than we thought. So we flew down to Florida, picked them up. Remedy Labradors. Uh, good, good operation. Would recommend. I was going to say, I hope out. you don't get
1: any shit for this for going the breeding route.
2: Well, here's my thought. I'm very, very open to a rescue dog. I just don't. I've never had a dog. So I wanted to pick my dog. The first go around i thought I, I want to be able to train it and that was important to me but later in life i'm like i'm not an exclusive like oh my god let me go get a designer dog and i don't want a designer dog i i have a black lab it's straight down the middle right i've grew up with labs that's that's what i know so did carson so we picked up two we picked up a brother and a sister uh we have the sister her name is sunny she's laying right next to me we're testing out the bed in the office here and elvis her brother is out with Carson's parents in New Jersey. So, you know, we've got a little family affair going so far. So good. The, we're struggling a little bit with the, the, uh, you know, house training. Sunny doesn't really like to go to the bathroom on cement. So I found like a plot of grass, but it's like kind of private property on like a, it looks like it's like a retirement home, but it's out back. And like, Every time I take her there, she's like immediately pees. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I think I'm just going to, you know, obviously like if she, you know, poops, I'm going to like, I clean it up. I'm trying to take as much care of this place. It's it's overgrown grass. Like I'm not, I don't think I'm going to offend anybody, but uh, we're just, we're doing the best we can. So we've been, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, the last four days, I got the alarm set at like 2.30 a.m., 3 a.m. We get her out. Uh, so far, so good. And she's just, uh, she's snoozing. She's great. She's 10 weeks old. So I think we've got, you know, a pretty rough month ahead of us, but, uh, it's, it's good, but having the, the dog in the apartment, in the elevator, it's a lot of complexity. So to your point about like raising a family in the city, like, man, I guess when they're babies, you could argue that you don't have to get them in the car. The car seats are annoying. Like, I don't know. I never had kids, so I can't really comment on that, but So like until they turn into toddlers, maybe having a baby in the city is actually kind of convenient because you can walk everywhere with a stroller. But then you start getting into like preschools. People are on like freaking waiting lists for preschools. It's super competitive, all that jazz. I don't know if that's uh, I don't know if I have that in me. That's a lot.
1: I I don't a lot to pull out. First, I agree Uh, the waiting game to get into preschools and then like kindergartens and then normal schools and the conversation of public and private and all that stuff. I want nothing to do with that. I am so excited for you guys and this puppy. So we're at like, what is this day four of having said dog?
2: Well, yeah, we went and got him. Then we went and stayed with Carson's parents for a couple of nights. The dogs got to stay together and they were great together. And then night one, of we course. got back here Monday night. It was tough. Monday night was tough. Very difficult. Puppy didn't like the crate. We didn't have, as so Carson your crate said, it wasn't. Yes. It wasn't cozy enough for, you know, she's yelping. Um, I'm trying to get her to go, like, are you yelping because you're, like, sad, or are you yelping because you got to pee? And then we go outside, she doesn't pee, so then I'm getting frustrated because I'm not, you know, it's, like, long weekend. I got the Monday scaries because we bumped everything to Tuesday. So (laughs) it was a perfect storm. Uh, But we're on a much better schedule. We pimped out her crate, so she's happy in there. She's like, hasn't made a peep since. What's in the crate? What's the situation?
1: What do you mean? Well, I mean, does it have like a a dog bed? Is there blankets? You got like a, they have like those little animals that like you put a warm bottle in. So it
2: feels like they're cozied up with something like what's going on. No, I mean, you know, my, my wife's going to spoil the dog, but we put in just a regular bath mat to start. And then we, you know, she's got plenty of room. Then we put like a plush bed in the back of it so that way she can kind of she likes to like lay on the sides of the bed and like almost have her head always like tilted at an angle so she's got a few different like options in there right and then I've been feeding her in the crate as like per the all the stuff I've been reading and then to to make her associate like oh food and crate good stuff I love it here and then I take her out right after and you know and right now like I was thinking about because I got this pod and then we got a call after this I was going to put her in but I was like, you know what? Let's bring the her bed in here that's in the common room, and let's see if she just wants to chill next to me in the office. And so far, it's great. Where it gets tough is I I've really had to start mapping out my day of like okay, uh, which is good. I think it's been good for Carson. We've been she this is the first day she's gone into the office, so I'm on my own with the dog. So took her out at like 8 a.m. and then right before this pod, I took her out, and then around. 1245 we're gonna eat, we're gonna eat lunch right little quarter cup Okay. then we're gonna okay. go out again and then i'm working on like 10 minutes a day of just like sit stay come just work just trying to get some you know some keywords into the dome piece um so we're making it work so far so good and you know it's nice to it's nice to have a little like bear cub around i mean they're so freaking <laughs> cute man like I'm a massive dog guy. I love dogs. So it's it's great. And I'm I'm thrilled. Like it makes me happy thinking, like, man, I'm this dog's gonna be like like I'm thirty three. Like, you know, if all goes well, like she'll still be around when I'm fifty. That's hard to even yeah. comprehend. Like she's just gonna just gonna do it all with us, which is really, really cool. Very like rewarding to think about. So anyway. You are a creature
1: of routine and habit. So when we talk about all these little things that you have to put in your schedule now, when you get ready for a walk to when you're coming back inside, how much time is that
2: actually taking you? What do you, what are you factoring in here? Well, I got two, I, I kind of have two processes. Like the, the this morning we had, I, I had like, it's like a 15 to 20 minute operation because I, I forced her to walk to the elevator. You know, I got a back pocket full of treats. I'm just like I'm bribing the shit out of her, you know, like, Hey, come on, Sonny. Like, let's do it. Come on, come on, come on. And that takes time. Cause she just likes to walk like 10 steps and then sit down and almost just like kind of protest. And I don't want to yank on the leash. So I kind of come back to her or I'll, you know, go down on her level and like entice her to come my direction. So that's a stop and start process. And then it's like this grassy area is like probably 50 yards down the block. So that takes a while to get there little legs before this but so i try to do that once and then like before this call i had like 15 minutes and i'm like okay i don't want to stretch her too far like if i take if i don't take her out now she's going to get antsy so then i just picked her up she's like 15 pounds right now so i just walked her right down to the spot dropped her in the grass she peed immediately picked her up brought her back inside and when i picked her up to take her out she was sleeping so i was like let's just do this really really fast so that she doesn't really wake up And that's exactly what happened. And I put her back in her bed and she went right back to sleep. So trying to use like, you know, we have two different processes and I think they're both useful. That's what I do at night as well. Like when I get her out of the crate and I'm like, all right, let's go pee. And then I'm not trying to like get her all hyped up. I'm trying to do that like in the morning after she eats. And then like basically every time after she eats, I try to do like the, the like stimulating stuff or like build in some time for that.
1: Is there a declared area of the apartment where there's like, hey, Sonny, in case of emergency, we have this pee pad over here? No,
2: I, I honestly, I'm trying to avoid that. We have like a little deck, and I thought like, oh, maybe I'll put some astroturf out there. I just don't want my dog to do that. I want to just do it right, you know? It's yep. like, hey, we go to the bathroom outside in this household. I don't think that it's good. I, because I honestly, I think that that's going to lead to me taking shortcuts of like, oh, well, I don't have to come home because I can just, right. Like that's not how I want to treat my dog. Like, no, we're going to do this process over and over again, even though it's a hassle to get down the elevator, out the building. Right. But that's, that's what I signed up for. So I think having a dog later in life is like allowing me to, you know, and having, like doing it with carson is like all right we're like i've said like we're gonna do this the kind of the old-fashioned way if you will so and you're so doing far, it together so where are you yeah. guys getting all your information you guys
1: checking out like uh what's the guy's name uh cesar milan videos on youtube
2: or the do- you is he the dog whisper? yeah
1: you on the doggy blogs or what's
2: going no, on i haven't gotten deep in the youtube scene yet uh I, I, again another credit to the breeder she sent us home with like a Binder full of info, and I straight up read it cover to cover. And By the way, I like, just
1: forewarning for you: the hospital does not do that for you when you come home with a child.
2: That's what I figured, but she was super helpful and like got us off to a good start. And so I've just read it cover to cover. She had like history of Labradors in there, like some just like general oh, information, awesome. and yeah. then like some stuff on like, hey, here's how I would schedule out like your you know, your training stuff, like don't ask her to do too much, just work on sit. She's doing awesome with sitting, which is sweet and, uh, work on sitting and like getting her to come to you. Like when you say like just working on those two things for the first week or two is like, that's all I'm doing. You know, I'm trying to throw in like her crate is her place, like in your place, you know, toss a couple treats in there, like that kind of thing, but we're keeping it simple. And then I I have not dug in on the uh, training. You know who's a resource, though? My cousin, Ryan. He's a former trap draw alum. R.C. Yep. Kunk, is. Uh, he's got two, had three, now has two black labs. They're hunting dogs, th- and he trains them. And so he's just, like, really instilled in me, like, 10 minutes a day. That's all they have attention for. But, like, you just got to be consistent about doing, just drill it every day. Try to do it after they eat. That's when they're like, you know, feeling attentive and, you know, try to do it once or twice a day instead of like trying to do it for 30 minutes or something like that, right? And so I would like to try to do it on my own for the first two, three months. I'm not opposed to like, hey, maybe we should send her to somebody for some advanced courses. But right now we're doing okay.
1: Yeah, ship her off to
2: Ryan. Get all
1: that good training in.
2: Maybe. I mean, I know she's going to go out to the – you know, country estate, and pick up all <laughs> right. these bad habits from her brother. Is there uh, some? My competition. father-in-law, he's he's great. He doesn't like they train the dog, but it's like much more of a like. Hey, let him out the back door, and yep. you know, go figure it out kiddo
1: well that again that comes back to like the differences between living in the city and like just being oh the dog scratching at the door just open it like then she's not gonna well that's off. the thing and He's i feel
2: i almost felt off. bad bringing sunny back into the city i was like man elvis has got a better deal than she does <laughs> right so at the very nope, least it'll i'm just make, gonna it'll, it'll make those here.
1: weekends away out there so much better for for sunny for sure i mean She's going to be completely spoiled with the ability to explore a new place and have plenty of room outside to run and and play with their brother. Uh, Is there a little competition between Sonny and Elvis on the training standpoint or are the in-laws just
2: kind of doing their own thing? No, they've had like a bunch of labs in the past. They don't, there's no competition. And Sonny's kind of, she's a bad bitch. I mean, she doesn't take any crap off her brother. So you you say uh, that until you get them together the next time. And,
1: and it just so happens that your pup is the bad pup who doesn't listen. It's same
2: as same as kids. I almost think the city is going to force, I feel like the city is going to force her to be, you have to be more trained because like, yo, she's going to be on a leash. She can't run in the street. Like there's a lot of, there's just like some more structure because there has to be around here probably. So We'll see. All right. I want to shift gears. I got a question for you. Trap draw related. We did our goals podcast at the beginning of January. What are your goals for 2023? Well, last year I did 22 and 22. I
1: was going to lose 22 pounds. I wanted to play golf more than 22 times. Uh, And I met the 22 pounds. I did not. uh, Surprisingly, I did not play golf more than 22 times. This is not a golf podcast. I understand. It blows my mind when people talk about being able to play golf a hundred times in a year, 50 times in a year. I don't know where people get this time, but I also understand that weekends are basically like blocked off for me. I don't do any golf related stuff because it's either family or work. Um, But the success of losing weight brought me to the spot where my body feels good again. And I think I'm going to, well, I am continuing. So in the year of 23, I am. I it's. I cannot lose 23 pounds or else then I'd be like super skinny again post Ranger School. That's not going to happen. But I am going to lose 15 pounds this year to bring my grand total for the last two years. It's going to be close to 45 pounds lost, which seems kind of crazy. But I was kind of a chubby bunny when I first. You know, uh, the first six months transition into NLU life. Like you sit at home. You don't. You don't really have to leave the house to do much. There's a lot of snacks. You know, I like my chocolate covered almonds, stuff like that. So,
2: you do like your lickies and
1: chewies for sure. Uh, it keeps me going. So, I'm trying to rein that in, but 15 pounds this year that will bring me to 185 pounds, which I believe is my fighting weight. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm putting the time in, I'm working out five days a week, I'm doing uh, yoga that's not included in those five workouts a week, three times a week, two of them being hot yoga sessions. Uh, and I've gotten pretty deep in I don't want to call it speed training because I, I am a firm believer now that a lot of these training aids that are out there are, are cheating people and teaching them bad habits on how to go about speed. They're, and they're I'm,
2: teaching to the test.
1: Yes. I'm, I'm, uh, a lot of the, the speed sticks, I do use the stack, but I'm very cognizant of while using it because I think it, when you have like the radar and you're looking at your speeds, naturally, instead of working on your actual body movements and stuff like that, you just start flicking the wrists. And next thing you know, you're back to early extension and you're you're just cheating the test. That's not, that's yeah. not what we're going to do here. That's not what's going on here. I'm going to play golf more than 23 times this year. I know that. But... I am. Uh, I'm putting all my veteran hitters on notice. I am going to play a somewhat full season on the veterans, or as a part of the Veterans Golf Association, the VGA. Yeah. A good, a good organization out there that's full of veterans and family members of veterans that uh, puts on some great golf tournaments across not only the United States but the world. It's everything's broken down into the chapters. It's it's very much kind of aligned with what we have going on with Roos and the Nests and everything else like that. I'm playing there. I'm putting him on notice right now. Last fall, I won my first event, uh the VGA down at Memorial Park in Houston. Uh they kind of have a funky handicap flighted system worked out where for some reason they don't believe in like the USGA's handicap system. So when I signed up to be like in the A flight, they're like, no, you're going to play in like the no flight thing where you basically just compete against everybody. So I was like, okay. So I went and shot like even par. And like the person who took second place, I think shot like an 89. <laughs> like this this is hey, a win's a win. But hey, a win's a win. I got my, look at, we're always looking for early wins. Look at that medal. I love it. A lot more to come on this, but they also have like it. They have state championships into regional championships, and then national championship that's held. uh oh man, I hope. Uh, I hope it's held at a different location this year because they they're last year was it uh, down at Doral? Not to bring politics into this or anything else like that, but the last time that I was down at uh, Trump Doral, I got attacked by Begbuds, <laughs> which was a true tough. <laughs> which is scene. among my favorite. things that i constantly forget but that's such good content it was so so bad i don't know what happened but bed bugs actually like ravaged my body it was it took me a couple weeks to to heal both physically and mentally from that one but we got through it the third one is last year i coached uh my little girls baseball slash softball it's all t-ball uh team this year i'm gonna coach three sports okay so okay. I'm going to be an assistant soccer coach. I know nothing about soccer, but I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm a, a real big, like, uh, you know, go get them hard work. Uh, just keep running. Don't quit. Like that's kind of my, my motto. I'm coaching basketball. I'm going to be the head coach basketball team, which I'm very, very excited about. And then we'll do baseball again in the fall or T-ball and The weird thing is that the twins are five right now, going to turn six this year, and little Nina's three, about to turn four in a couple months. But Nina does everything with her sisters. She might be the smallest person out there, but we put them all on the same team. And uh, it's so funny to see, like, the three McBride girls out there, like, just wrecking shop, and then you you have the little one running up from the rear just, like, trying to do everything. So I'm very, very pumped for that. But those are the three things
2: that I'm going to do. Tip for your basketball coaching. Uh give and go. Yep. Just used to, I mean, and in, in the first grade, second grade league, the franchise used to coach me. Give and go is, is such an effective play. I think that, you know, it's it's something they can comprehend. Pick and roll, you can't really comprehend that. No, if you can get the give and go dialed, you're gonna just dominate the league.
1: Yep. And what I've noticed so far is like just kids get a hold of the the basketball. And then they like, you know, dribbling is not really a concept to them yet. And they just kind of like, just run around in circles with it. So I think I'm going to be the master of like, Hey, you, you get it, throw it to your teammate. Just keep just keep
2: this floor moving. And I know your brother going through the same thing right now with, well, Freddie, some concerning videos coming out of my nephew, he might be a ball stopper. We're, we're a little concerned with his game. I'll let I'll let TC speak to that. But if if people are curious, the trap draw listener line is open 833-330-8725. You know, please leave a message for us here in the booth or for chop yeah. sessions. Either
1: way, if you want to uh, continue to go down what the guys are talking about, but also we want your information too. Tell us what you, what you're fired up about and we'll we'll weave it in here. It's
2: exactly right. Um try to think uh I, well, to your point about the vga stuff i signed up switched my handicap to the, the met here in new york metropolitan golf association some say it's the greatest golf association in the land uh, i've gotten a lot of dms people like calling out hey you should play in, these are the best events and the schedule comes out f- i think in february so i'm gonna be kind of try to jump on that uh which actually works well because we'll be able to work out our nlu schedule first and then i can fill in the gaps with uh with the Met stuff, but I want to play in a couple events. Um, I got a question for you on that.
1: Uh, Maybe you don't know this or not, but are the Met events closed off to only
2: Met members or do they, they have open ones as well? I think they have like, I think the good ones you have to be a member. Like, I think it's like a lot of things in New York. Like if you want to play tennis in the city, you got to sign up for like a tennis license. It's just crowd control, right? Like you can't just have open play. I, I think there's probably some like play days, but again, those are like, they're running it all through this member portal, it seems like, and then I think there's a few high and like there's some really high level amateur tournaments where it's like it's like mid am stuff. You got to be I think a two handicap. So I'm right on the number right now. I'll probably stay there because I don't think I'm going to be playing a ton of golf the next. Uh, two months with, uh, this puppy laying next to me.
1: That's something we've discussed too, is that we got to figure out what we had these big dreams of, of, we're going to throw a golf camp on the schedule. We're going to dive deep into this. And then like life, man, life always shows up and it's like, nah, not this time,
2: man. But I think I don't, one thing I've really been happy about with my golf game, and I know we shouldn't be talking golf on the trap draw. I apologize, but uh, I haven't been going backwards the last year, year and a half, which is good right. I haven't been making a ton of progress either, but I feel like my, my floor has risen. Yep. Um, which is really nice feeling. And I think some of that's just like better course management, like just knowing how to play the game better, like the mental side of things. And you know, if I can just dial in and get some work on the, like another goal of mine was to work on putting here in the house, I think I can, I need to effort that a little bit better. Um, but, uh, well, yeah, those are good goals, Cody. You got anything else? Any any we got a weight loss one, we got some golf ones, we got some family ones, anything on the you know, educational, intellectual, just personal side. Uh
1: yes, I'm gonna take my wife on 23 date nights.
2: Hell yeah. That you so plan, that means, right? That's what constitutes yes, a date night. Yes, hundred
1: percent. In order for it to be a declared official date night, I have to plan, I have to coordinate babysitter, I have to do all that, which I'm very, very excited for because we do these things. Well, we used to do these things routinely until we moved. And then, you know, it's hard trying to find a new babysitter and get a flow of everything. But I've been putting in the time. I think everybody knows how important it is to put that time in with your significant other. It's a priority of mine, and it is 100% top of mind every single week. When I look at the calendar and try to figure things out, I know that, hey, I got to figure out what's going on Friday or Saturday night and go from there. And has that been uh, received well? Yeah, loves it absolutely loves it putting credit in the bank baby i know well it's just one of those things where like slowly over time you don't realize like how much shit they do to like take care of us and our for the household and you're just like the littlest thing that you can do they like are so so happy and thankful for where it makes you like makes me realize like man i got it there's so much more i should be doing around here which i'm gonna try to change trying to we're gonna
2: be maybe we're calling you mr 800 by the end of the year Getting that credit score, <laughs> that spousal credit score through the roof. I know. I do
1: have, so I, I, we started out with questions. We're, we're, I think we're winding down here. Well, we didn't why don't even we get to like, like the majority I don't of think
2: them. we, I think this was a good, good tone setting episode. Yes. I mean, we're just, you know, we're going to chop it up in our own way. For I'd sure. do some Q and A's. You know what I've been doing though? I have a, a running list of questions. Some from your yeah. previous career. Some from just like, you know, I always like to ask you, you ask Cody a thoughtful question, you usually get a thoughtful answer, which is what I appreciate about you. And so I think we can save them, right? There's no rush here. I think we went, we went an hour. We don't want to wear people out, you know. No, it's a great introduction. Out. Yeah, we're yeah. fine here.
1: Totally fine. fine. We'll come back around. There's so much stuff. Like uh, I think just our normal everyday conversation that comes up. Like, I think there's uh you have an eye for the future. And when we talk about like not only like investing, uh, the good side of it, the bad side of it, but also like I, in the back of my mind, I've always thought it'd be like sick to be like a franchise owner or something.
2: I know you're my guy and I want to dive yeah. in on this. You know who else is his TC has been kind of beating me up about that too. For I won't say sure. what franchise, but I know a, they're going
1: to spike the prices on us.
2: Yeah, exactly. But there's a, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in a few, there's a few brands out there. You know what? I'll just name off a few of them uh massive fan of cracker barrel that's a schuster staple uh, Yeah, i mean bucky's is just rocketed up the list the last year or two with all the road trips i've done from you know new york to florida that place is listen i'm gonna
1: tell you a, a texas secret right now okay what's that they the nearest bucky's is probably like 30 minutes away i routinely <sighs> routinely go there for lunch
2: Yeah. Just to go get the brisket. It's so good. Or the burrito, the brisket burrito is bomb. It's so good. And they're so nice in there. It's great. It's such an awesome establishment. It's such a, it's the, like to me, it's like the quintessential, like it's the, uh, the culmination of like American culture, which is a good thing and a bad thing. It's like this massive overbuilt, almost gaudy logo, all about automobiles (laughs) All about interstate highways. All about just like a, as loud as we can make it. On like that's to me. It's just like you know the it's American man. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It is what it's it is. So it, good too. So good. The other ones I, I ride. Everybody I ride for Jersey Mikes. You know, and Chipotle is always an easy one to ride for too. I'm trying to think of the Chick Fil A. I mean, you know, it's nothing. It's nothing fancy with me. But those are kind of my uh, would be my current top five. I don't know if we're going to pass a test on the Chick-fil-A one. So we'll, we'll, we'll
1: have no, to figure out what these and requirements are. It kind of has to are. be,
2: like, apparently, like, your sole, like, thing. You know? It's like, I am a Chick-fil-A franchise owner. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that's... Which I believe
1: Chick-fil-A has, like, the lowest franchise fee, like,
2: in the game. Well, they, they invest... Apparently, they invest a ton in it, like, corporate, in, like, getting it started And they really, they're like really good partners. And they, I think there's a rule now, some people got grandfathered in, but you're only allowed to like own one Chick-fil-A franchise. Whereas like, if you own like Burger King or Wendy's, people own like 55 of them. So then it leads to just like, yo, this is my thing. I'm, you know, the owner's on site a lot. Like it's a well-run operation. Yep. God, so much more to
1: come. I think this is great. We got a meeting that we got to run to anyway, hit us up on the hotline.
2: If anybody has anything and and this is it welcome and one more quote. note these are these are additive so we're not replacing yes. any chop sessions we're not replacing any trap draws we looked at the calendar last last week at the off site and it's these will be you know 12 to 22 additional trap draws for your you know you can listen or not it's it's really up to you love it thanks Nealer.
0: smell ya nice to spot that trap